Welcome to the D-Web Podcast. It's good to have you all back. Uh, Rob, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, uh, so I'm Rob, and um, I'm a React developer, JavaScript developer, front-end. Uh, I do some back-end as well, and I'm really interested in um, integrating React with Gun. And um, I'm really, really excited about the possibilities that Gun uh, gives us. So. Um, I'm not sure what else I should talk about <laughs> but for introducing myself. Well, some pretty exciting news that happened in the community this last week is that QV Dev managed to get video audio conferencing working on top of Gun. It's a little bit buggy, it's a little bit uh, latency, but the prototype is there. It's functional. It was working. We're chatting with each other from different continents, and now it's just a matter of plowing forward and getting those things worked out and. Hopefully soon, uh, we will be able to do the podcast recording and uh, live streaming on top of Gun itself, as well as all the other use cases. So that was a pretty exciting moment for the, the community. That was, that was crazy. I was actually on the train on my way into work, and somebody posted the link in Gitter, and I thought, oh, a little link. I'll just click on this. And then suddenly, there I was on a page, my face and somebody else's face, and I just thought, what? whoa, this person is seeing me on the train right now? So it worked for you, too. Wow, like, yes. that's cool. Yeah, I was, on, I was writing BART, and I was tethering through my cell phone. It was you. You say okay. So and he's out in Amsterdam. So yeah. your 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 Bart cell phone tethered yeah. connection yeah. was was connecting via gun to another person in the community live stream. Wow, that is yeah. oh, that is so cool. That's the quality and the quality was good. I mean, the video size was small, but I could see him very clearly. I didn't see any lag. I was and so I found myself thinking like. Thinking, wow, I'm I'm really surprised. <laughs> it's a uh, Pied Piper chat in <laughs> from the TV show. Well, let's jump into some of the subjects that we had for today. Rob, you were suggesting everything from discussing um, algorithms and data structures like linked lists, um, edge uh, property edges, meta edges, to then higher level um, uh, applications and tools and use cases like survey apps, social platforms, discussion forums, e-commerce search, um, and mapping systems, like a peer-to-peer -peer version of Uber. Which of those do you think would be most exciting to jump into? Well, all of them I think would be exciting. The, um, <clears throat> you know, I see it as, it, it seems to me that we're in a position where there's sort of three tiers or levels of things. And um, what I gather is that Gun is basically the tier one foundational level, uh, establish the technical capability to, to just even do these things in the first place, which is the, um, the real time. Uh, it's a graph database, so your, your associations are um, as needed, and, um, uh, and, it's, and it's distributed. It's, uh, it's, you, you actually get to own it yourself. So all these things are just really the, it's the bread and butter, the things we all want from one database that for a long time has been hard to find. Then, so then the next tier I think is what we use to build those exciting applications. So that's where, that's, uh, it seems the separation is gun is unopinionated and then the tier uh, two would be an opinionated framework where it says, okay, so, your application needs to accomplish these things. You need to, let's say you have a list and it needs to be in a specific order. That would be in tier two. 
and then the application itself and um, the more sophisticated stuff would be tier three. That's the way it, it seems to me. Super accurate. I love how you pose that. I think we discussed a tad at the end last week, or maybe not, maybe it wasn't recorded, that, yeah, gun is extremely unopinionated. Um, it's just a tool. It's just a library. And you can very easily shoot yourself in the foot with it if you use it poorly. Um, but it is very powerful and very flexible to do all these different use cases. And the reality is that most application developers are probably going to want to work at a tier two level, which is they use a framework or, uh, or solutions that have been pulled together, um, like linked lists and data structures specific to their needs that are kind of turnkey. They just grab that module or they use a database that has all the bells and whistles that's built on top of gun. And that's really what they're using. And they, don't, they may not even know about gun underneath. Gun kind of over time fades into oblivion and becomes the invisible uh, protocol or stack that everything is communicating with. And that's not necessarily the API that end developers are working with. Right, okay. So uh, I suppose we could start by talking about lists because one of the things that um, I'm still interested in understanding better is, uh, so, so Gun has set and this is a way of adding things into a list, but it's not necessarily ordered. Is that right? Correct. It's not ordered and a set, if you're using gun references, will be um, deduplicated. If you're not using gun references that you're setting into the set, um, if you're just pushing like an object or a string, then there's no way for a gun to really tell if it uh, should deduplicate or not. So you might have duplicate objects or records if you're just pushing primitives into it. Right. Okay. So, and the way you do that, you call set and you, and you pass in the, the result of doing a gun dot get, right? Yes. So what um, should we, um, what would be sort of the foundational, the first things that needed in order to make a, a, a version that gives us that ordered property? And, and maybe it has some, um, makes it easy for us to go uh, forward and backward in the list. Let's say we have a reference to one and we want to be able to just easily go to the one that was before us or the one that was after us. So maybe that is a, a linked list or maybe that's an array. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love that you bring up linked list. Before we dive into the actual implementation and logic behind a linked list, if uh, anybody in the audience hasn't ever implemented their own linked list, it's a really fun exercise. I recommend it. Uh, not necessarily the end goal that you're trying to get at, but it is certainly a lot of fun. And you learn a lot about um, computer science. I want to step back and mention, uh, generally speaking, three categories of data. So the three categories of data, the first category is independent variables. And you guess it, uh, you can modify each one of those properties individually, and they don't have any impact or effect on something else. So take a car. You could change the color of the car separately from the make or the model of the car. I mean, obviously in real life, you can't just magically spawn these things differently, but um, in a video game, you could certainly imagine switching between different types of cars while preserving the color property. So that's independent data. And as much as possible, you wanna design your application around uh, independent variables, because if 
that gives you the most control from a data science standpoint. The second category of data structures is loosely ordered data. And that winds up applying to most things out there, uh, news feeds, uh, Twitter tweets, um, lists, grocery lists, etc. There's a whole category of that on its own. And with inside of the loosely um, organized lists, there's many different types of algorithms and data structures for that. And then finally, the last category is what I like to call dependent causality, is that I don't even really like to think of this as a list. It is that there are certain things that have happened and they depend upon things before it. And that means we cannot look at the things further down the road unless we've already loaded or observed or recognized earlier events. An example of this would be um, typing words. If I type H-E-L-L-O to say hello, and the, the letters got sent out of order um, or didn't get sent in finality, you might just get H-E-L-L, which might look like I'm swearing at you rather than making a friendly greeting. So there's two animated cartoon explainers on um, the gun website that I will link to uh, probably in the podcast notes that you can check out. And they're little interactive games where you can play with uh, the differences of these two ideas. And then they go into detail on how those algorithms work. So for this podcast, it sounds like we're going to jump into a linked list and a linked list fits in the category of having dependent causality to it. Yeah, that would be really good. That's actually what I was going to suggest. I was thinking what would be a, um, a starting point that would give us a chunk that's just small enough for us to get started. And I was thinking the features would be, that it would be helpful to have is probably a push so you can add things to the array or the list in any case. And then also the ability to read the whole list. So let's say we have three items, we add one to it, and then we read the entire list out and then we can also get individual items and be able to go through them. I think maybe that would be the last part, but that's the thing that I'm thinking about is, okay, I understand how a linked list works. You've got a pointer to the one before and the one after, but I also want this ability to be able to read the entire thing and just see it quickly as an array. Let's say I'm gonna display some results on a page. I wanna be able to kind of just read those. A linked list is my favorite data structure with respect to uh, dependent causality. So. Yes, each item in the list, uh, the reality is you're actually emulating a list. There, there isn't an actual list in there. It's each item points to something before it and points to something after it. And the reason why, for at least uh, for the audience's input, um, this is desirable is it makes it really performant to insert items anywhere in the linked list. If you have an array, and a, tra a traditional array of a million items, and you wanted to put something, I don't know, at position number three, you would basically have to copy every single item after position three and shift it over. Um, especially when you're talking about RAM and memory on a computer, that's just, ooh, like not a good experience. It's pretty wasteful. But with a, a data structure of a linked list, all you're doing is changing those pointers, and you're then able to insert the item into um, the quote array. And I'm actually not only, I'm not going to even say the word array 
because that's technically this other data structure that I'd argue is inferior <laughs> to a linked list. And that's why I love linked lists because it gives you a much better performance guarantee. Now, how you would implement that in GUN isn't too much different than how you would implement that in a multi-threaded uh, programming language, where I should say you're managing the threads. I'm gonna go back to your statement of having an API to push onto the end of a list. I'd actually argue that's potentially very dangerous in a distributed system, and here's why. In JavaScript, we're used to pushing onto the end of an array. That's because nobody else can modify it from anywhere else. So we have a guarantee that what we're adding to the very end is going to, roughly speaking, relate to the last item we had in the array. But in a distributed system, two people might push onto the end of an array, and you don't necessarily have any guarantee of what the behavior of that should be unless it's well-defined. So. In the case of a linked list, um, it's better to actually just traverse locally to the last item you know of and point to the next thing. But here's a slight issue, is if both users are doing that and they haven't heard about each other's um, uh, update yet, because they're both operating off of the last object in that linked list, that has a unique identifier, they will overwrite each other, which may be intended behavior, but it might not be the intended behavior depending upon your application. It might be that you wanna have both people push onto the end and they get sorted. In which case, we're not in the category of dependent causality, we're in the category of loosely ordered data structures. Um, so in the case of a linked list, if you were to implement that in GUN, and two people were to concurrently add to the last item in the list a next property, um, and people were to do this simultaneously, GUN's conflict resolution algorithm would treat that as, oh, well, the last person who wrote to that in the quote distributed system, because last is poorly defined in distributed systems, but GUN resolves it. Um, the last person who wrote to that one is the one who wins, and that would then cause potentially data loss on that other record if the developer is not familiar with the particular data structure that they're using. And that's why by default, GUN does not allow you to do this stuff because it's, that's, that was just way too easy to shoot yourself in the foot um, and GUN automatically decide something that was not uh, intended. So okay. you have to more explicitly think about this stuff. But I think you're, you're probably, it sounds like you're, you're leaving out one key thing, which, because I've heard, I've known you've, you've explained that GUN allows you to implement your own conflict resolution. And, and what you're talking about is the situation where you need to resolve this conflict. So that then <clears throat> it would be uh, the, this, this second level framework, this uh, tier one syst, uh, framework would need to have that implemented where the situation arises, two people are trying to push. And so now we need to basically detect that, take the data that was sent and attach that to the end of whoever won that conflict. At least that's the way I would approach it. Well, I'd actually say that um, that approach should be done in tier two, because now you can basically say, here are a couple of different data structures that you're able to use on top of GUN. One's a linked list, one is a strongly linked uh, one's a linked list, uh, one's an array, and one is some other uh, 
type of system. And then it's just up to the developer to be like, oh yeah, this is the behavior that I want. This is the turnkey solution I want to grab from my application. And that exists at tier two, not uh, tier one. Right, that makes sense. Okay, so. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Gotcha, okay, so why don't we um, start trying to prototype some of this? Sure. That would be cool. You want to open it up on your screen? Yeah, let's see here. Uh, we're going to go share. Uh, I'm just going to collapse this down. And all right, so here we are. For people listening into the podcast, we'll try and uh, post a link to the video of this in case you want to look at the actual code. But I'm gonna, it's going to be my job to try and explain as much as possible uh, through audio only the algorithms that we're working with. Yeah, and I haven't uh, set up a project uh, yet, so yeah. I'm going to, maybe this will just, we'll just run this in Node. Let's see our projects, the web, so two. I haven't created the folder for the last episode. Uh, Index.js. All right, so now we've got a file to work out of. Um, so of course we're gonna wanna define what the behavior is going to be when there's a potentially a distributed systems uh, event, uh, aka two people are doing the same thing at the same time. It sounded like you, for this particular implementation, want it to be that if two people add to the end of the list, it is treated as they're both pushed onto it. Yeah, but uh, I was thinking maybe let's start simpler. Let's, um, maybe let's, let's not dive, because we're going to probably cap this at an hour. We're already halfway through. Why don't we try to get ourselves uh, just the basics and maybe next time we can go as far as implementing some of that conflict resolution stuff. Okay. I don't know if this uh, came up in the previous conversation as well. I'd mentioned there's three different types of arrays. Oftentimes people will use with gun. One is an atomic array, which is you don't actually store each element separately in gun. You, uh, an example is a lot of people will store the name of a person as an array. I don't quite know why, but I've seen that in practice. In which case, um, you want to actually stringify the array and then save that array to gun. And what's going to happen is, and this is intentional, if anybody goes back and changes the name, their user, um, their, their human readable, <laughs> their family name, <laughs> and update the whole array in place. So if two people modify it at the exact same time, um, you're only going to get the correct last result, not the combination or mix of them. So that's what I call as an atomic array. Pretty simple. You just treat it as a string and you toss it into gun. The second one is, and this is why you're getting set up, please interrupt once. <laughs> no, no, please continue. Um, the second type is a, is a fixed notation array where you're actually, you can think of it as operating off of a JavaScript object and each object property has explicitly a ordered integer. So like one, two, three, four, five. And what that means is it is possible to get at a quote array um, these are all different types of arrays, so please keep that in mind. Rala just loosely called them lists. Is that it's possible to get a list where you have items of order one, four, and twenty, and there's nothing in between. 
these arrays, uh, these lists are particularly useful when you're wanting to do like rankings. Now they do have the caveat that if you want to modify the ranking, it's kind of like the same problem with the mem on memory. You're going to have to shift everything and rewrite each property of the array, but you can at least write to them independently. So you could update a single uh, rank at rank one. You could update that individually without affecting the rest of the list. But if you want to change the ranking order, then you might have to shift stuff around. So that's a, a fixed notation array, like an, an array object. Yeah. And then there's the third category, which is a linked list, um, which preserves, and this is all in the category of, of things being strictly ordered, um, and it preserves the ability to continuously stream or read through an array or a list while preserving the load order. However, those lists are not necessarily um, conducive for, um, they have their own trade-off. I'm trying to remember what the trade-off is. Well, we can get back to them later. Okay. Well, while you were uh, talking, I just wanted to get some basics here so that we have a framework to start loading some data in and do something with it. So this is the, <clears throat> the way that I've started things off before is I'll give myself an object that has, um, some sort of a, uh, a format for uh, IDs. And now I assume that in a real system, we're probably going to use some randomly generated numbers and perhaps we have like a node slash prefix followed by the random number, but it, um, that, ra or, well, yeah. So instead of just a random number, um, something that is actually globally unique or maybe comes with some guarantee of that. Um, so now what I like to do is just go, entries data like this, and then we can say uh, for each, and then this will give us a key and um, data like so. Now we can do stuff like gun.getKey, and we could, um, I think at this point we would want to put data, unless, you have to tell me if I'm, yes. Sometimes, sometimes I get a little, uh, maybe I need like an extra level right here and I, and I, I forget and I trip up and then I put some data in the wrong spot, but that's fine. So this is a way to import, um, regular JavaScript object data that you have in a type of object collection into gun. And then it really just depends upon your application. Um, how far down into the graph you want that data. And oftentimes it's useful to have that data at the very top level of the graph. So that way it's, easy to access um, and is already indexed for you. I do want to note that no matter how deep your documents or objects become, you can always point to any object anywhere at any depth in the graph and be able to access it from um, a single lookup at the top level of the graph. And that's where indexing can become uh, very performant um, for more advanced graph traversals. But in this case, we're just importing data into GUN and should be good to go. Right, so uh, this will run and this will load some data in and, uh, and then we just want to log back out to see what we get. Now this is a feature that somebody showed me and I haven't had a chance to try it out yet, but I was thinking gun the, um, uh, graph, is this something we should use or is it too early? 
the underscore property uh, on all gun is referencing the internals. The internals are sort of documented if you look into um, the implementation details. And they, there are some pieces that will never change, like underscore graph will never change. Um, but the underscore is supposed to make you feel a little bit dirty. It's okay to do it just as long as you know that it's not using the proper API to access the data. But at any point that you want to get dirty and be like, eh, like I'm, I'm just not going to bother using the callback today. I'm just going to like grab the graph directly. It's perfectly okay to do. Now, just note that data that's in the underscore graph um, only gets put there if you properly call the API to load the data in the first place. So there's not going to be any data in underscore graph that uh, hasn't actually already been loaded in memory. Okay. Now, would the open method be an alternative way? I just went ahead and included it. Um, but yeah. should we do, because can we do that at the root level? Um, I don't, I don't think you can do root gun open, but as long as you call any one of those, and this is where if you go back to your import and you add a namespace for your, um, your app, then mm -hmm. everything is going to be getting saved under the namespace of your app. And then you can open up the namespace of your app directly. Right. So that would be like an extra level right here, right? Yes. Okay. Let's, let's try and do that for now. We'll just, um, spell out the word people correctly and uh, that'll make things easy. There you go. Oh, but do note now you're going to be iterating over your data entries and it's only going to have one of them, which is people rather than, ah, okay, perfect. perfect. Well, let's see here. So we, we uh, iterate over uh, people and, but we need to first create, uh, I think we just need A to do this. reference to yeah. that table. Yeah. Actually, so, oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> let's just go backwards. Well, we didn't actually need this level because we can just... Um, it just depends upon how accurate you want your JavaScript objects in memory to match uh, the data structure you're passing into GUN. But I cheat and I, I wind up just interacting with JavaScript objects and then dump them into GUN. So then now this should work. I yes. Think. Yeah. So um, from an audio standpoint, what's happening is he's saying um, get the table get the the table of data that relates to people and then save each one of these people um, underneath their name or identifier to that table yeah okay and so then uh, maybe I'll uh, try this one out another day just uh, gonna stick with things that I I've used before so now we're gonna do uh, gun dot get people once data. Did you want to do dot open on that? So that way it would load the whole table and everything underneath it? Yeah. Well, um, sometimes I guess maybe I get confused on this one. Does is once oh once is gonna include some wouldn't that load everything as well? Once will load everything one layer deep, but mm. not multiple layers deep. All right, let's try it. I think it's ready. The moment of truth. <laughs> Does our code run? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> was, that, was that it? Yeah, yeah, looks all right. Oh, wow. wow, okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, Rob is really good at writing code uh, live and then running it, and it just works. No typos. 
Yeah, don't hold me to that. I don't. <laughs> All right. It's just it's just beginner's luck. I mean, not that I'm a beginner, but beginners at videos, casting, cast, <laughs> web casting code. All right. So now we've got uh, something to work with here. Um, I think we want to maybe uh, try adding some feet functionality to make this more of a list, right? So I think the things I was thinking about is um, so the things that are easy or at least um, easy to understand is two, like uh, um, previous and next is uh, we add some properties for that. So something yeah. like previous. And then um, we need a filler uh, for when we first insert this data, we need to, well, we, I guess we can leave it empty for now, right? This is the cool thing with JavaScript objects is JavaScript objects actually allow for circular references. So what, um, what we're trying to do now is take what was just a very boring JSON-like uh, collection of objects and now actually turn it into a proper linked list um, at the JavaScript object level. Uh, even though Chrome V8 engine or Firefox engine might underneath take our data and make it a linked list, we're explicitly forming a linked list in the data structure itself. And the easiest way from my perspective to do that is to actually just after, in your case, line 22, um, do people.node slash one, you'll have to use bracket notation because of the slash, and then do dot next equals people um, node slash two. So that's effectively for the audience saying, I want the first element to point to the next element, and the next element is, um, uh, let's imagine we have, um, Alice, Bob, and Carl. So Alice has a name property. Alice has a next property, and the next property points to Bob. So we could, and then Bob has a name property, and Bob also has a next property, which points to Carl. So now we can traverse the linked list by doing Alice.next, dot .next, dot .name, and that will give us Carl. But now, if we were to actually, so I've added this line here, but isn't it the case that Gunn would just see this as, um, I mean, we have to first, we have to take the next property and do gun.get in order to make that an actual, in order for Gun to understand that we want to get the node. So this is a little bit of a cheat. Um, if you are creating your data in one go here, and it's not previous data that you've manipulated in Gun, you don't even have to do this um, operation where you iterate over your table and dump it into Gun. You'd actually just do gun.get people.put that whole object that you've structured. And your um, existing JavaScript um, references to the, each different object will be pr correctly um, preserved inside of Gun. So that way, the back property on Carl and the next property on Alice will both point to the same Bob. And then when you call dot open, you'll get the exact same data structure back out, even on another computer. Hmm. Sounds like magic. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's see if I can. Um... All right. Yeah, I was right. I guessed right. Five. Yeah, okay. it's looking good. And then we're going to update these. Whoa, so, what feature is that where you automatically <laughs> iterates from one to three, four, five? That is it'll, it'll let you type in where you want to, if you, uh, 
and you type in the first number you want and it assumes that you want to increment by one, but you can also specify uh, a different, you can increment by two or three or whatever you want. Nice. And you can also do, I think, alphabetical. Yeah, it's a, it's a very cool plugin for Sublime, which sometimes it's hard to find it. Um, I go and set up a new machine and I can't find the plugin. Um, so oh, yeah. do yeah. me a favor, come out lines 28 through 30, which is where you you um, iterate over your data and then you import it into gun. And we're just going to replace that with a single call, which is gun.get people um, put people, which is the name of your uh, JavaScript object. Yep. Now do note um, every single time we rerun this in node, we probably want to clear out the data that was previously saved. Yeah. Let's see what we've got here. And that should um, just be raw yeah, data. Raw data. Yep. Cool. And then um, pass in your JavaScript object of people, which already has the explicit linked list uh, in the JavaScript object structure. And now we should rerun this and see it get returned um, in gun and dot open. And that could be on another machine and it would preserve. There you go. Let's see what have we got here next. Okay, and it's actually loading the data of that person on the next node. Let's go back and uh, change the names to Alice, Bob, Carl, Dave. So, it, um, so that way it's just pretty quickly easy for us to identify that. Um, yeah. Everybody's going to be a first, just a single name person. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, we need two more names. Uh, it's we'll a Mark and Rob. Woohoo! <laughs> open is actually going to return you a JavaScript object with those same circular references as if it was the original JavaScript object that you had saved on the other computer. See? Nice. All right. So um, I, I think I just want to um, play devil's advocate here. I want to see like something print out shows me a quality or something shows me like Next on this person is the same as that person. So. Oh, yes. It's not necessarily the same JavaScript object you passed in, but um, what you should do in your open call, you should be able to do data dot no, uh, go back to the, the, the screen that printed the data. Sure. You should be able to do data dot node slash one is equal, 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 sorry, data.node slash two is equal, equal, equal to data.node slash one dot next, if that made any sense. So we're basically saying for the audience, we want to make sure that Bob is the exact same JavaScript object in memory as alice.next. Right. And we need to use bracket notation, right? Because don't we need to do it this way? Yeah, because uh, JavaScript won't let you, um, since you have this, uh, because your naming scheme has node slash one. Um, in fact, even if you just had integers, you'd still have to use bracket notation. Mm, okay. So we want next to equal this way. Yep. Um, I think that's it, right? Now we're going to test the equivalence here. Okay. Moment of truth for the audience. suspense. <laughs> All right, what have we got? Console is not a function. Dot log. Uh, <laughs> first typo in. No, ah, my my uh, my winning streak is is over already. All right, so 
Let me make sure I don't have. It's pretty impressive you've gotten this far that we've been able to explain the algorithms in audio and you haven't made a typo in <laughs> the visual code. True. And, and, True. and that will be the case on another machine. Wow. Really if two exciting. computers are synchronizing. So uh, I think uh, we can probably imp implement previous and then maybe we can implement. Um, Let's see here. Well, I guess uh, we're doing it. We're, so when we do this method here, uh, open, it fills in next. So maybe for presenting this as just a list of people, we don't necessarily want to see next. I guess we could just filter it out. Um, do we have an option in gun to uh, not load the data that we have through a reference or through, through a, a relationship? So non-enumerable keys? Well, isn't next enumerable? Yes, next is, uh, it is a property that you could enumerate over. Um, man, that's such a like computer science jargonish sounding. It sounds bad on a podcast. Like it, it just means like, uh, is it metadata or not? Um, right. So you're wanting to have it such that uh, the dot next property and dot previous properties don't actually are not actually returned to you. Let's see, what did I do wrong? Um, I thought I could just destructure with name. It's returning to you people in this case. You could you could map over people and then dot open and you would get then one, two, three, four, five different people that are all printed that then have circular references to all the other people in it. Oh, see, graphs are so much fun. This is why <laughs> all databases should be graphs because you, you, can, you can actually model the way that things are in the universe rather than trying to get, you know, your, your, your application or data structure to match the constraints of the database. Okay, cool. so I, I see what it is here. So we need to just use ID because we're getting, uh, I think we, no, in this case, ID is going to be people. Because oh, because this is everything as one big object, so then we would need to, we would need to have another loop. Right. So doing gun.getpeople.open is opening up the entire table of all people and everything underneath them. Right, right. So here's another kind of cool thing is that .open is one of those uh, tier two um, modules that kind of already exists inside of gun it, it there are some bugs to it just as warning for people who are playing around but but it is a much um, more magical experience using gun using some of these tier tool modules like dot open um, however I think a lot of application developers will discover that magic will oftentimes is nice at first but gets in their way um, for what they're actually trying to do and if you're trying to have a highly scalable app, you're not going to want to call dot .open on your entire user base for every single call because right. it's going to load a lot of unnecessary data. Right. Well, so I think in that situation, we want to be able to uh, specify that we're getting some data. Let's say it's a lot of data, so we're going to use pagination to say we need the first 50, and then we do want to be able to read those in. I think a better user experience sort of reads those in um, in a streaming manner, so they see each item 
appear if we're waiting for them to come across the wire we see the first one second one third one show yeah. up um, unless they're already in memory then we want to be able to just read and get those onto the page as fast as possible but yeah with a lot of data um, so so um, starting yeah we don't want to do pagination just yet <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do want to note that um, rather than doing a for each inside of your open call you could just go back to guns API and do gun.getpeople.map.open and that's then going to give you back each person. Now, because our data structures are linked list and everything's connected to each other, it does technically mean that each person you get back is loading everything um, else related to it. But um, in this case, it's okay because we already have it in memory anyways. Um, but, but now you're using Gun's API to do the iteration for you and that will automatically stream as well, like you're saying. Um, however, if you're more comfortable, obviously just getting one big blob and uh, for eaching over it yourself, that's totally okay as well. That's why .open is nice because it's easy to get started, but not necessarily the most scalable um, because it just is going to load oftentimes too much data. So with what we've got here uh, is, so if, if we change this to map, are we going to, is it, um, is the order, is it ordered or do we need to do something to ensure order? It, the order is not guaranteed, but oftentimes it will just come back in the lexical order that it's streaming based off of. But it's not guaranteed because you might have four different peers in the network that all have different um, pieces of the data. And they might, those peers that have different pieces of the data or all same copy of the data might be different distances away from you. And so a peer that might have, you know, uh, Xavier and Zach might be closer to you than a peer that has Andrew and Aaron. And as a result, the peer that is closer to you when they reply to your, your query, um, I don't even want to call it a query in gun, when they reply to your lookup in gun, um, it's possible that you'll get data out of order. Um, you're simply going to get the data that's the fastest to respond. Okay, so it sounds like what we would want to do is use map because that would allow us to get data the fastest, but we would also want to put it into our structure. So like maybe we would get the fifth item somewhere near the beginning, but we want to show that we're still waiting on the first four. Yes, and this is actually <laughs> the beautiful magic that's happening underneath with .open, is .open is actually just calling .on recursively on your data structure underneath. And then it's incrementally loading each of those pieces in and then calling it back through the single interface of open. But you can start composing these different layers from, you know, from tier one to tier two and above, where if you have a very complex data structure with these interdependencies, you can streamload things and start sorting them in memory and constructing the, the dependency graph that you expect. Um, but you don't render out to screen or you don't pass it back at the higher order API, the higher order abstraction, the higher order extension, um, until all the data underneath matches a particular constraint or requirement. So one of the things I want to do moving into the future is probably have a fork of .open or a completely separate module that builds on top of .open where you pass .open a schema. And now, rather than the dot .open loading everything it can possibly find underneath that particular um, gun reference, it's only going to load 
the data corresponding to the schema that you've asked for, and then it's going to wait until it's composed that object and has all the required properties before returning it back to you. Now, do note that means your end object that you're getting passed back at the higher level API might be a little bit slower, but if your application cares more about making sure all those properties are guaranteed to already be there and in place before rendering anything at all, let's take like with Bitcoin transactions, um, that, that's a good thing. You're willing to waste some spare milliseconds or cycles until you properly have everything. And that can be determined by the schema. You use the schema as the constraint to determine um, when you actually pass the data back at the higher level. Well, that sounds incredibly cool and also um, a lot for me to think about between now and whenever we sit down to do this again. <laughs> it's the beautiful thing about data structures and, and graphs is that, as I've mentioned a lot of other places, is that um, in mathematics, a document is a tree, and in mathematics, a table is a matrix. Both Trees and matrices can be represented as a graph, but not all graphs can be represented simply as a table or a matrix or simply as a document or a tree. And so it really gives you graphs, very much give you a powerful superstructure um, from a, a data structure standpoint that you can then use to compose other things on top. And then you can have layers of these compositions from the tier one, the protocol layer, to the tier two, which is the data structure where things are explicitly linked, list, and matched, to then tier three, the application layer, which knows I only want to show up to five linked lists on screen. And then as a person scrolls, continue um, showing those next properties and, and uh, evict from memory the the other ones. And so now your screen is just a reactive representation of these different data structures at different composed layers that all nicely fit together. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. Um, so I was thinking we should, uh, we wrap up with this and I was thinking um, this looks like um, something we could, we can just put this up on GitHub and uh, people can, we can add contributors. They can maybe make another branch and start uh, sh demonstrating their ideas for how to implement the different features. And we could see how see if maybe on the next video we've got something, uh, you know, add some more features to this, and maybe a library will come out of it. Awesome! That's really great for documentation purposes as well. Yeah. Uh, well, and and my learning purposes. So that, that's <laughs> we're, we're all learning, including me. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I, I think I think that's it for now. So um, I'm going to let you go, Mark, because I've got to run. Uh, but this has been really exciting. And uh, thanks so much, Rob. And yeah. I hope everybody else enjoyed uh, this uh, this podcast and data structures on linked lists. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, until next time, Mark, be well, and uh, thank you for for sitting down and doing this. You too, Rob. We'll see you all next week.